there. Welcome to Episode 7 of Bravely Honest. Um, I'm Megan, and I'm here with Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, first of all, thanks for landing with us, and um, we're really happy to have you here. Um, if you found us on Spotify or Apple Podcast, um, you'll notice we're under clcfamily.church. We both work here, and so um, we fall under that category. And if you'd like to follow us separately, um, you can find us on Facebook at Bravely Honest at Instagram at bravely underscore honest. Um, and we most recently created a, um, a, an email account. Because we're big time now. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have almost 200 <laughs> followers. I don't want to brag, but um, <laughs> uh, no, you can uh, email us at bravelyhonestpodcast at gmail.com. Um, that would be a great resource, any of those, really, if you have questions on anything that we might mention on here that we haven't posted um, where we got that from, you know, feel free to send us an email. We'd love to chat with you. Our hope in the new year is to really um, create a network of women that can support one another. And um, our goal is just to talk honestly with you about life, right? Absolutely. I think each (laughs) time we record, we're getting better at that. Yeah. I told Megan the other day, I feel like the less prepared we are, the better that we do. It's true. It's just a comfortable conversation. So we're completely unprepared for you today. (laughs) And it will be our best one yet, maybe. Hopefully. (laughs) So we try to start things kind of off on a light note, and um, we're going to be diving into some scripture today that deals with our heart. And so my question to you this morning, Carrie, is um, what warms your heart? What fills your heart with happiness or joy or... Well, Megan, there's so many different <laughs> levels of joy and happiness, but they really are, Carrie. Um, I think, you know, we're talking about a community of women. I really feel like just spending good, intentional time with friends. Um, and I think the older I get, um, I'm realizing the value in friendships, um, kind of all over the board. And it's mm. not necessarily friends that are going through the same things that I am in my life, but um, just learning That's to find true. value in people for just who they are and where they are in their life. Um, but yeah, I I feel like. There's people in my life that I see on a day-to-day basis that fill my heart, but there's also friends that, um, you know, unfortunately I only get to catch up with, you know, every couple of months or Mm -hmm. even a good friend from college that I only really get to see every couple of years, but just kind of picking up where you left off and, um, you know, just meeting people where they are. I feel like just, um, I don't know, fills my heart. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, just kind of, yeah, on a, on a day-to-day basis though, I think just, um, just being able to help people like that doesn't happen on large scales all of the time but just kind of you know being able to help someone or make someone smile I don't know that warms my heart I feel like that sounds silly but it's true that's good how about you Megan what fills your heart um I'm gonna resort to my introvert on this um most people think I'm an extrovert we're similar like I sing but actually I'm very much an, an introvert. So honestly, um, what I find what fills my heart a lot of the times, especially when I'm just either stressed or just need an outlet is, um, sitting down at my piano mm-hmm. and singing. And that really does fill my heart. So it doesn't have to do with anyone else, <laughs> no, that's... nor am I helping anyone else. Although my son will come up. He's the, he's more of the musician. And, um, he'll come up sometimes and just start singing behind me, which is much more enjoyable than when he used to play the saxophone. And the one day he came up to, he came up behind me. I didn't know he got a saxophone out. Oh, just a heads up. You know, if your children are starting music lessons, 
if you are sitting at a piano playing and someone walks up unknowingly behind you and blows on a saxophone, it will scare the living daylights out of you. (laughs) Uh, But that actually warms my heart when he sings along with me. So that's really sweet. It's funny. Last night, I think I've shared this before. I like to do karaoke in the car. I know. Can we please do? Yes, we will. Listen, I'm not. Here's the thing. This is a challenge to our listeners. (laughs) I want to see someone comment that they want to see us do carpool karaoke. Oh, we will. You email us at the new email address and you let us know what we will sing. And we'll give you a shout out in our, in our video. (laughs) We will. But last night I was on the way home from the gym. Side note, I was not working out. I was there. My kids were, you know, doing their activities, but there's a song right now that I really like. It's called fall on me and Christina Aguilera. (laughs) And I'm not going to be up there with her. I forget who else it's a, it's a male and a female sing together, but I listened to the karaoke version version so I can sing it by myself. So you're talking about what fills your heart. That fills my heart. What does not fill my heart or what steals my joy is when my kids interrupt when I'm in the middle of a verse. I know. Belting it out. I know. The one kid is like, Mommy, you sound amazing. The other one's like, Can I sing? And I just want to sing by myself. I used to get super offended when my kids would be like, Stop singing. We don't want to hear you singing. I'm like, I I want to hear you sing. I mean, I know I'm not the best singer in the whole wide world, but I, you know, I can sing a little bit. Yeah, no. When they were little, it was always telling me to be quiet. Huh. And anyway, I got over that. Now well, they don't talk to me, so that's not true. That's but okay. when you have a teenager, sometimes they really don't. No, I I understand. But all, all right. right, let's stay so on the focus of the heart. Let's do that. And so, um, do you want me to read it? Yeah, go okay. for it. So the scripture I was telling Megan the other day, I was just walking around the house singing "Create in Me a Clean Heart, Oh God," and I don't remember. That was like an old song I used to sing when I was a kid in church. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it came from, but I don't know. The Holy Spirit put it on my heart and that's what I was singing. So, um, just talking about, um, you know, just the new year and, you know, starting kind of with a clean slate. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to be reading Psalm 51, 10 through 12, and we're just going to kind of break it down a little bit. Some of our thoughts. Um, so starting in verse 10, um, it says, create in me a pure heart or clean heart. Oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Hmm. So just to kind of give some reference, um, in this verse, David is kind of referring to moral, um, I guess, uncleanliness um, after committing adultery and murder. Um, But yeah, sorry, you can jump right in with what you were thinking. No, I was, yeah, I mean, this prayer comes after... He was not a, not very nice. A pretty heavy sin. Yes, a pretty heavy sin. Which I think, honestly, you know, it's it's really easy to try to compare. I was thinking I was thinking a couple of things actually about sin. <laughs> Sorry, her microphone almost fell off. Um, um, on a serious note, no, I was thinking a couple. Sometimes. I'm sure there's more than three camps or two camps that we've fallen, but I think a lot of times we fall into two categories when it comes to sin. One, we, um, we feel so guilty about sin that we kind of stay in that camp and like, I, you know, I'm one, I'm worthy. I'm, I'm unlovable. I, you know, I'm horrible, you know, and we get kind of stuck in this, um, 
just cycle of not feeling good enough. Right. But then there's the other camp where it's like, well, I mean, I did, I shouldn't have done that, but it was like, it's, it's not, not as bad, bad. As, <laughs> it's not as, bad as somebody else. I know. <laughs> um, and I think the great reminder in all of this is that we are all sinners on some scale or another, and some might be great. And so it's easy to, to say, well, I, I mean, David better pray this because, you know, he used his power of being king right. to have an affair with some poor guy's wife who right. was away fighting for under the authority of King David and then has him killed. I mean, I don't know if he had him killed before he wrote this, but he definitely had the affair by then. So um, I think it's let that be a reminder, though, that even though he did a horrible thing, um, whether you're in the camp of you think you've done too many horrible things or you're in the camp of. I did something, but it's not as bad as this. Let's find, let's just think of some common ground here, which is that. Right. I, and I think in your second scenario, you know, when you get into the, the comparison of sin levels, yeah. you know, pride is a sin also. So True. I feel True. like there's definitely been times in my life where I get caught up in that. Um, you know, I think back into high school and college and choices, you know, that I made that I was like, well, my parents didn't want me to do that. The Bible says that I shouldn't do that. And I followed all those things. And so, you know, here I am. And pride definitely came into that yeah, too. Thinking that's a great point. That not, not necessarily that I was better than somebody else, but I, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm living a pretty good life making good choices. And, um, you know, looking back, that's, that's a mistake. And, um, yeah. you know, I think God wants us to be more like him in yeah. the, in the things that we do or the things that we say, but we are going to fall short. And, um, you know, I think that's just a good reminder too, that no matter where we are kind of in that is mm -hmm. that we're all broken and we're all fallen and, yeah. and we are blessed enough that we have, you know, his mercies each, each and every day. day. And I read something, I don't, I don't remember what it was, but, um, it was saying God gives mercy each day and that mercy is for that day. So you deal with mm. that day right? and his mercies are big enough for that day. And then you wake up the next day. And there's new mercies there because there's new right. problems and there's new issues. Right. So, you know, to look at the larger scale is if we can just, you know, prepare our hearts for that day yeah. and focus on that day. You know, we were talking a little bit about New Year's resolutions and these big giant goals. Um, I like to just try to get through each day. And I think that's really important. And I think we have to have a clean, pure heart to be able to accept God's love and to be able to accept his mercies and to also open ourselves, you know, to the relationships that we have. Mm -hmm. Um, to be the best that we can be for ourselves, for God, for others. Um, yeah. I love the newness of that, that you mentioned with the new mercies. And, um, you know, one of the things that as I was studying through it was when he says, create in me a pure heart, um, like he's not asking for God to mend his heart um, or purify his heart. It's he, he's asking God to create to build from mm -hmm. scratch a whole new heart in him, um, meaning that he knows that this is not like if this isn't a Band-Aid. And I think so often with with new mercies each day, right, like we wake up with that wound and we're like slapping on the Band-Aid of yesterday's mercies, forgetting that we need to claim the new mercies each day that right. God gives us. And, you know, well, I think we're wired too as humans to. You know, even though it's easy to say, you know, we forgive, we're going to move on, whether that's mm. forgiving ourselves or forgiving others, that it's human nature to kind of hold on to that. Yeah. Where I think this separates itself from 
it is brand new. It's washed away. It's completely new. And like you said, it's not it's not rebuilding upon what was broken. It is it's a f- completely fresh start. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually um, I was sharing with Megan last Friday morning. Um, I go to a mops group, and I was I had a kind of a side conversation with someone here at church, um, just kind of where we were in just the phase of life and busyness, and where you know trying to follow where God wants us to go, and not being sure what um, steps to take to do that, or if we're brave enough to do that. And anyway, I showed up to this mops group and the speaker just completely touched on everything that we were talking about, which so funny how God does that, right? It's just always so crazy when it happens. Um, and honestly, I was so close to not even going. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what? I just need some space today. Well, I went and the speaker just hit so many points that I needed to hear. And what was funny at the end, um, she mentioned the author, Christine Kane, um, who Megan said she actually heard speak. I did. I heard at her Women of Faith conference. She's incredible. And I really Talk about a, like a woman who has un, like boundless energy. That woman is yeah. on fire. And I really wasn't. I've I've heard the name, but I wasn't really familiar with her. Um, and so they they referenced the book Undaunted. Um, and so I listened and I I wrote it down. I was like, you know, make sure to get that book. Mm-hmm. At the end, my they pulled my name, and out of like a hundred women, they they pulled my name, and I won the book. So over the past week, I've read the book and. You know, there's so much that, you know, just since our last podcast, yeah. you know, reading through this, I was just floored at how God was, like, pointing me back to some of the conversations that we had. But we had kind of talked about, you know, looking back over the past year and um, kind of starting fresh and things, too. And I, I feel like there's so much um, just goodness that can come out of the brokenness, too. And, and while we start, you know, the discussion of just, you know, starting with a clean clean slate and a clean new heart. Um, there was something in here that I really liked too, which I think it's easy, like you said, to compare. Well, I'm doing pretty good in the scheme of things. Um, but she says here, God chooses imperfect vessels like me, like all of us who have been wounded, who have physical or emotional limitations. Then he prepares us to serve and sends us out with our weakness still in evidence so that his strength can be made perfect in that weakness. More often than not, it's our weakness that makes us capable of serving because those we serve identify with our pain. It says 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And I just love that passage because while it doesn't um, necessarily reference you know, like this fresh start, I think that it, um, just enables us like with our imperfection to lead and to serve. And Mm -hmm. I think I can be guilty of not sharing things that I'm hurting or struggling with, but I love that, you know, he uses our imperfections to bring others not only closer to us in our human relationships, but closer to him. Right. And I think that just opens a whole new world of connection and, um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's really important to remember that it's in those weaknesses that someone can relate to you because I mean, nothing's I mean, sometimes nothing's worse than someone who does not have the same kind of pain as you mm-hmm. trying to tell you how to fix how it. How to fix it. Right. Um and I know there's so many well-intentioned people, but I think when you get someone that's in that or has been in that raw pain that you're in and said, I was like, I was there Mm -hmm. the same place. 
th- th- what they have to say holds a little bit more weight right. to what you're going through because of that. Right. And I, again, I think if someone can kind of relate to your situation without one-upping you and just just, yeah. just resting, just yes. hearing you. Like, yes. I have been there. That's all I need to say. I've been there. And I you're know right. I'm not giving you a solution. I'm not yep. saying my situation was harder or worse than yours. Yep. But I've been there, and I'm, I'm here for you too. Yeah. Um, yeah, and getting back to verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation. I think there's something just, again, the joy of just knowing that we're saved. Just Yeah. So I actually wrote something on joy. Okay, go ahead. It's that yeah. Rick, um, Rick Warren's a pastor and um, of Saddleback Church, and he, he wrote a definition of joy, which I really liked. And he said, uh, I hope I can read my writing. <laughs> joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be okay and the determined choice to praise God in every situation. The world says, I mean, not the world, but the definition of joy is um, – I can't read my writing. You have your readers on. Come on. The emotion? Yeah, oh, the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune or by the process – prospect of possessing what one desires, um, which is, I mean, still relatable because if you think what our desire, what the desires of our heart should be, if mm-hmm. they are f- focused on God, it will bring us joy. Right. Um, right. Sometimes it's changing that. Um, can I back us up a little bit yep. before the joy? Because I was in um, looking at renew a steadfast spirit within me. If I can just be bravely honest. So my prayer that I've had, I feel like it should be my prayer for 2020. Um, I thought, I didn't think I was a perfectionist anymore, but um, I've been really convicted lately of a critical spirit. And I don't think, I don't mean it to be critical towards others or myself, but I am just that person that like I mean, in the nature of what I do. So we prepare music each week. I mean, if if someone plays the wrong note, like I hear it because I, I try to listen to all the parts. I try to know what everyone's supposed to be doing. And so that's helpful when we're preparing something. But I find that, um, I just, that carries over in everything. Right. So then with my kids, I'm like, well, you could have done this or you could have done that with myself. And I'm critical of, I'm critical all around. So when I read, and I've, I've kept having this thought, like, Lord, remove my critical spirit. Replace it with your Holy Spirit is what I've just been saying. But then when I read that and renew a steadfast spirit with me, within me, um, I was like, what does that mean? And so I, I don't – I think this was like gotquestions.org or something that I saw <laughs> this. But it said, um, a resolute in allegiance to God, unmoved by the assaults of temptation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I'm – I think when I'm tempted to think, I mean, honestly, it's probably pride there, I guess, because I want, I want things to be perfect. Right. I want that. I want it just to be just so. And I think, yeah. So how can I replace that with just resolute allegiance to God? Right. And I, it's funny. I'm very similar to you in that sense. Yeah. Um, and I, I try not to be, but it's hard. Mm-hmm. And I was you know, I was kind of thinking about what are the things that kind of keep us from living this full God-given life? Like, mm-hmm. what what limits us from feeling that joy? And 
the two big things that came to mind are fear yeah. and expectations. And I think yeah. fear is, you know, in life, it's the unknown. Right. Like there's always a risk of getting hurt, losing someone we care about, mm-hmm. falling short. There's mm-hmm. all of those things. So fear is a huge one. And the other one I think comes along with the discussion of perfectionism. It's expectations we have. Even when you talk about the, you expect the notes to sound a certain way. Mm-hmm. So when one note is out of tune or it's the wrong note, you're going to hear that. And mm-hmm. so often in life, I mean, how often does that happen daily? Like, on small scales in our life, huge scales. Um, but I think it's when we have that full faith in God and we can give that over to him. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of kind of dilutes it a little bit. It, I mean, we're still going to feel hurt. We're still going to feel disappointment when things don't yeah. go the way that we want them to. But I think when you can focus on just that, I don't know if we're ever like whole in our faith, but just that. Yeah. If we can work every day to get a little bit stronger in our faith and realize that, you know, so much of what we feel is temporary. All of it, really. Yeah. It's, it's temporary. Well, I think the important thing is that you have to change from your perspective to God's perspective. Mm-hmm. And and there's things that are worth, I, I wholeheartedly believe, are, are worth mentioning right. um, that we should look at, not critically in the sense of, you know, how, how should I see this, um, but just remembering to kind of put that lens of truth and that lens of God over that, um, to make sure that you're not just wanting it to be what you want it to be. Um, but that just a little more behind it. And we're both being honest because it's difficult for me and I know it's difficult for you. I know it's so hard. So we aren't here with the answers. Um, uh, there was another section in this book that I really liked. I'm sorry. There was like 15 pages. I think that I wanted to highlight the whole thing. Um, but it's also talking about not waiting for tomorrow. And I feel like I'm very guilty of that. I, Mm. you know, if whatever hurdle, big or small, it's like, well, you know, once I get through this, once I get over here, once my kids are a little bit older, like then I'll do whatever, you know? And it it talks about, um, you know, we finally, it it says when we finally realize what we've been allowing to happen, when our discomfort grows to the point that we want to be rid of all of it, we have a choice to make. We press in now or procrastinate, sorry. It's so tempting to respond like Pharaoh did and postpone our future. I will do something about it tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll forgive. Tomorrow I'll let go of anger. Mm. Tomorrow I'll step out of my comfort zone. I'll deal with apathy, all of these things. And it says, do you know what tomorrow will become? Today. Mm-hmm. Always today. Um, and it was just saying we can live in this caged life, like always waiting for the next thing and not being able to free ourselves of what we're yeah. in now. Yeah. Or we can live in this free life and only we have the you know, by giving God that power to do it, like we completely yeah, just open our eyes and our world to things that we didn't even know were out there. And I think, again, I don't know, moving forward and kind of recognizing we are the way we are because of our experiences and our past hurts, like those are door, even though in the, in the moment of those things, it feels so broken and so messy, but those are the doors that can open relationships and connections with other people to kind of... Right be able to get stronger in their faith too. And if you invite the Holy Spirit into that, so David was praying because he's in the Old Testament, do not cast me from your presence or take take from me your Holy Spirit. Because in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came and went. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes he was with the people, sometimes he was not. Um, but in the, in the New Testament, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Um, that's what God, after his resurrection and ascension, gives to us is the Holy Spirit. Um, but 
it's important to know that we can quench we can quench the Holy Spirit or we can grieve the Holy Spirit. In other words, we can do things that are going to kind of sever our ability to, to know his awareness with us. Um, and so I had, I think that was in that same website, but it said, well, the Holy Spirit won't leave us. The benefits and joys of his presence can in fact depart from us. And I think that's really when we get in those ruts mm-hmm. is we are not relying on the Holy Spirit that's with us. We're not relying on inviting the Holy Spirit into those situations with us. And so it, of course it seems daunting to be like, I'll just, I'll worry about that tomorrow and I'll deal with that tomorrow. Um, and what we don't realize is that we're actually depriving ourselves of the benefits and the joys of the Holy Spirit rather than allowing him to move through us and, and create right. benefits in our life and joys in our life. Right. And you figure how much time is wasted when we, I mean, I do that daily. I waste so much I waste time, so much time on stupid day. stuff, Carrie, like yeah. word cookies and other <laughs> random things on my phone. Yeah. Oh, words. Oh my gosh. Word swag. That's a, like a little creative thing. If you don't know um, where you can make ads, mm-hmm. <laughs> social you know, Instagram posts or whatever. Uh, I'm totally, I can totally get in a rabbit hole with that. Yeah. Do I, mean, I want it blue, black, red? What kind of script? What kind, what of, kind of script? Yeah. Well, we digress. We but, really did go um, there. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yep. So yes. So restore to me the joy of your salvation. Honestly, we, we have a role to play in that when we invite the Holy Spirit in, is that we allow the restoration of joy in our life right. and in our salvation to be to be given to us. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a biblical quote by any means, Go but I was also talking to Megan just about the um, phrase bloom where you're planted. And that was another mm. one that kind of has been running through this MOPS group that I attend. Um, and I was just thinking a lot about that. Just again, it doesn't matter if you're in a, a good phase, a bad phase, a, a hurtful phase, you know, whatever it may be, but it, just the importance of not waiting for tomorrow and just living your fullest life now in the moment um yeah i love that because and i don't think if you're i don't think that means like stay stuck where you are i I think that there's a there's a time to bloom there's a time to be transplanted into more fertile soil or ground or whatever but um yeah i just like where that is because if we're always waiting for the next moment to really live our fullest life through god Mm -hmm. that's just no way to live well no i mean you'll never be satisfied if you're always like, oh, I'll be happy when. Right. And that's not to say you have to be, you know, happy all the time either. But just to, I mean, because let's be honest here. But you're happy all the time, Carrie. No. <laughs> no. And that's the thing. It's that, I don't know. Don't you find that hard though too? Because I do feel like, I feel like there's just your, your real, like your innermost thoughts and your feelings I feel like that is completely separate from what I, well, maybe not completely separate, but what people think of me or you from what they see here, especially in, I mean, we're both here a lot, whether it's church or in our job here or whatever that is. But, um, like you said too, we're both introverts. So I think when someone really gets to know you for who you are, um, I think I told you before, you know, people have said to me, oh, you have it all together. I don't need to check up on you because I know you're fine or whatever it is. And I, it's like, all right, this is 2020. We all know that we're all messed up in yeah. some way. So I think to kind of let that guard down and I don't know. I just, everyone is struggling in some way. 
everyone yes and everyone has amazing gifts to share in other ways you know it's the good and the bad and that's like i said my goal for this year is to meet people exactly where they are and not be um swayed or blinded by like outward whether it's appearance or whatever it may be yeah Um, yeah i think that's a good one um okay so do you have any more thoughts on that I was going to read it one last time. Yeah, I think you should read it one last time. Um, Let me read. I'm going to read you a different version, and then I will actually read the last version again. Carrie read you from the NIV, which I had written down as well. Y'all know I love the CEV, so I'm also going to read that right now, which is um, says it this way. Create pure thoughts in me and make me faithful again. Don't chase me away from your presence. Or take your Holy Spirit away from me. Make me as happy as you did when you saved me. Um, and so I, I love some of that wording, make too. Make me happy. Just make me happy. I, <laughs> I mean, don't you feel like that's everyone's quest, though? Yes. I mean, honestly, who wants to walk around unhappy? I right. mean, I think that's what people are searching for. And, I mean, that's where the joy needs to come in. I mean, we have the... God, this. This word of God has the answer in it. It's right there. To happiness. And I know it's, I mean, I know, I don't mean that to sound trite. Like, I know it's hard sometimes, but. um, A lot of times. A lot of times. And it's not to say that this is like, you know, a happy pill that you take, right? Like, this is hard work that's going to take. So let me just read again the NIV version, because I do, I do love that classic version, which is uh, Psalms 21, verse 10 through 12. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. So I pray that we all have that willing spirit. I love how it says to sustain me. That will sustain you through your upcoming, the rest of your day, the rest of your week. um, The rest of your life. (laughs) No. God just get us through all yes. of eternity. And just as we're talking about the conversation of the heart, you know, mm-hmm. I hope you'll join us in February too. We plan to do a whole series on love. Yeah. And um, yeah, if you have any. We're going to other- try to do all four weeks in February. So mark your, mark your little podcast reminders each okay. Thursday. Um, we're going for four. Yes. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us today. 